Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. Listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Hi. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, before I ask how you are, I have to tell you, (laughs) I don't have another thing prepared. It's just occurring to me now. But that being said, we'll get there. Everett. How are you? I'm doing really well. Actually, I think you're going to have time. My suspicion is today you're going to have time to black out on your iPhone like you do sometimes. I totally black out. I just leave the conversation <laughs> for minutes on end. I just, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. Tell me more. And it works. We get there. You know, I'm doing really well. I uh, I moved this week. Mm. So there is a certain amount of exhaustion. Yeah. We're in a new space. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) We're in a new space, so there's a certain amount of echo. There is. We're going to have to work on this. We'll work on this. I'm sorry. This will be a short term. This will be short term, you guys. This will get fixed at some point, some way, somehow, it will get fixed. Uh, But yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm more alert today. I've had some some serious work stuff, so that's been, uh, it's almost been a break from the moving. I've almost been able to refresh by way of prepping for two solid days of depositions. That's... <laughs> How are you? That's troubling. I'm... Well, I like your V-neck t-shirt. You know, this was a Valentine's Day gift yeah. from my wife. You this look is really good. This is her favorite color. I would call it like a, a Pinot Noir. I was going to say Merlot. But... Merlot. Okay, I can go Merlot. Uh, it's kind of a Merlot V-neck, and she gets me shirts that she likes the way I look in. It does. So I wear them. It does emphasize your night walker tendencies. Oh, my existence. And I, I, took, a, <laughs> I took a nap today uh, on accident. I laid down on the couch and uh, she then woke me up a little bit later. Oh, oh, oh. Um, careful here. This is a family show. It's a family show and this is family things. She's she's She didn't wake me up gently. It's literally family things. It wasn't like a gentle, we like made, rub the back, we wake up. families. It was like a bang on me. Like, hey, I got to go back to work. Wake your ass up. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I can't believe I fell asleep. That was amazing. I was such a good nap and I was super grateful because I was like, man, she just let me sleep for like three hours on the couch while she's supposed to be working and there's two kids running amok. Come to find out later, it was about a 12 minute nap. Oh, but it felt really restful. Oh, dude, and that's what that's what I'm realizing is my daywalker gene, and and in fairness, also half my life is spent in the dark because I work at night. I'm I hate daytime. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, it is not for me. So sleep, my day sleeping so good. Yeah, are you still doing the thing where you hang upside down? Yeah, yeah. Okay, should that's I not? What, that's no, how you're supposed to I sleep thought, in yeah. the day, or in a coffin. Well, I'm going to I'm going to cut you off cuz I actually am tired of listening to you. Don't blame me. Uh, is this uh, is this uh maybe the coolest guest we've ever had? Perhaps. Perhaps. He's, he's shaking his head he's no. He's saying no, but you know what? This is like fangirling right now. I'm fangirling a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. About 50%. Casimir is a of two broke watch snobs. How are you? Hey, Casimir, I'm I'm okay. I cannot be yeah, I feel like you guys have had cooler guests. Nah, uh, probably not. You know, this can't be. Well, I well, I will assure you that after me, it's downhill. It's just going to be downhill. I'll be. I'm, per- I'm, I'll be perfectly honest with you. We we may have had cooler guests, like in the yeah. like in the like GQ cool sense, and that's okay. What, I think you may be one of our favorite guests, though. 
Oh, for what it's worth, I was in GQ a couple weeks ago, GQ UK. I, I've heard about that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, I mean you could you could worth, worth, you guys cool could be this you, you could be the second most famous guest we've ever had. I think the only person that could beat you is Brett. Yeah, because he's got an IMDB page. He does. And he's been so on cool. HBO shows. So if you could if if you work on that. And yeah. then, okay. and then I'll, you, I'll will, you will be the reigning champion. Back. Can yeah. you make your own IMDb page? Isn't that how it wasn't IMDb like originally like a wiki-based? <laughs> it was a wiki-based. Uh, really? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. That's and funny. then they did away with that because there's a lot of hubris in that industry. <laughs> They're like, we actually have to stop people from editing their own IMDb. You, you pages. can't be uncredited and credit yourself. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's not a reality works, dude. But no, this is this is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, super happy to be on here. Super honored. I don't do guest spots. I think this is the second one I've ever done, and the first one I did that show's gone now. Wait. So I, I just don't get the chance to just talk with other podcasters. What other, show, what uh, show was that? Whatever. Yeah. Something archives, timepiece archives. Are oh, the around? the yeah yeah the timepiece archaeology guys. Oh yeah, archaeology. Are we were on around? them too. Yeah, we we went and we went and on their show. Yeah, yeah, they were nice. really good guys, young young guys. Yeah, they were in their like early twenties. They were super <laughs> fun, young guys. And then they disappeared. They didn't just like pod fade. They like deleted their profiles. <laughs> That's <laughs> like what happens. We out. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny though but yeah no this yeah, it's definitely definitely fun i'm looking at the roster of like talking points and i think it's going to be pretty cool I, I do also enjoy the fact that i think my wine is the same color as your shirt it is it, is that, that a merlot cat um because it's, it's surprisingly similar color it's uh just I'm, say I'm, yes. I'm, I'm doing it's cheap and sweet it's uh it's wet it's some kind of wet wine <laughs> it's, it's um two bucks ch- two buck chuck red too much. It's um. We bought a case of it because I just I'm we I'm particular about my wine. Uh, Casa Casa Rosa. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, doesn't matter. You find what you like. You buy it. Red House. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do I do enjoy that. Here's the color of your shirt. That's so cool. <laughs> Looking handsome, and it's a V neck. It is a V neck. It's not it's not belly button deep V. I can see some clavicle. A little bit. Just yeah. a, just a touch, just enough to tease you and make you want some more. Scandalous! And scandalous should you see more, you're gonna be like, I don't want it. I didn't, I didn't want that. <laughs> it's just enough. It's like buying the second Big Mac. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good at the time, but turns out it wasn't. Yeah. That's so cool. Upset. Yeah. Totally. Totally honored to to be here. Well, so we we asked you we asked you to come on because I think you've got a unique perspective into this watch world that we're a part of and uh doing a similar thing to what we do i think two broke watch snobs has been around a lot longer has uh, a a much more developed relationship with its audience so so in terms of just time in you know time time in saddle you guys are a little bit further along than we are and, and i think that that'll be an interesting perspective but the the topic of tonight's show is what generally speaking sort of the clickbait nature of this of this industry of this world you know what it is about watches that makes popular content um versus less popular content where the good is uh how we make content etc so so the title being this is not a show about rolex is total clickbait <laughs> That is very much on purpose. 
And if you didn't read it, this is not a show about Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a show about Rolex. That, that's right. And, and it really won't be. Uh, we're, we're, Excellent. We're true to our words. We're true to our words. So on the off chance that there's anybody listening to this that doesn't know you, just can you yeah. give us a, a little bit of your background, who you are, um, where you come from, what you do? Sure. Um, you know, two broke watch knobs. Um, I'm Kaz. I do the show with my better half and broke watch snobbery, Mike. Um, uh, the show, I guess, started because we started back in 2016. Um, God, it feels so weird, like elevator pitching the show. I, I, I don't talk about the show very often, like not in this context. Like but e- we started, even to your parents. I know. Well, my, my, my parents don't know I do the show and right. I never will. i'm taking that to the grave my dad was like how was your day it was fine pushed a broom went to sleep that's about it um but we started the show in 2016 oh my god i remember we started in 2016 it was around the time the gray nato dudes had started and they were still in single digits and it was around the time that ariel and john show our time wasn't necessarily fizzling out it's just changed um a lot right that's right when they were transitioning into a little bit different community. Yeah, exactly. Kind of doing exactly. what we're talking about tonight a little mm-hmm. bit. Right? <laughs> and um, I remember I was working at a place at the time, and I would have on, like, watch podcast, and I was only into watches for a little while, um, like a year or two at that point, and then I was listening to one of the Grey NATO episodes, and it was just, like, it was some watch talk, and then it was, like, 30 minutes of, like, sailing talk with, like, the ocean and, like, knots, and it was just, like... This is this is not like the watch show I kind of wanted. Like I wanted mm-hmm. maybe a full hour of Zodiac, not like ten minutes of shoes and like twenty minutes of like a book that was kind of cool that someone saw on a shelf in like a gas station. And like it just felt more like a lifestyle. And I'm not saying this is like shit on anyone, um, even though I know it really does sound like I am. But like it, different folks listen to different shows, so it doesn't matter. But basically, it boiled down to Michael and I saying. And it's so it's so fucking cliche. I'm saying it out loud now. We can do a better show. <laughs> yeah. Or like we mm-hmm. can do a show that we want to listen to, where you get the sense of you're hanging out with friends after work, and there's um, there's joshing around. There is no sort of preconceived. Oh, no matter what XYD brand does, it's awesome. Like there'll be episodes where. Something a brand did is awesome, and the next episode will be like, "Well, that was a war crime that brand has now done." You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> we really just wanted it to be fun because I think also at the time, Michael and I, professionally in our like day jobs, were just unhappy, so it just became an outlet. The show very much just feels like two friends shooting the shit because that's really what it is, and we happen to be recording it. Um, and so if you listen to book watch knobs, it's very unpolished. There's lots of cursing for love of crap. Don't listen to it with your kids in the car. Yeah. People, yeah. people do. I don't know why they That's do. That's a weird choice. You shouldn't listen to us that way either. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. You know, and, um, that, that was it. A lot of folks latched on to the idea. A lot of folks really appreciated the notion of. It's okay to be a collector that's congruent with your personality because a lot of the times there's this conception, and we'll get to it, I'm sure, where in the watch community, 
you get on social media, you do all these things, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm this type of person, but I need to be that type of person. If mm-hmm. I, I want to be a Rolex person, I want to be a, a Panerai person. And it's this weird notion, and it's congruent with a lot of collecting niches, but you buy your way to being a happy collector, right? Um, mm-hmm. which is wrong. That's like the wrong, wrong thing to think. And I think Michael and I were like the first sort of outlet or show very aggressively to say that like no you are the perfect collector the way you are as long as you're happy you know mm-hmm. um that was an incredibly long and rambling answer to your no, question no no it's perfect it's perfect Kazan. <laughs> thank you for doing that uh you, you know it, it 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 actually lines up with my experience you know i got into i got into watches sort of late 2015 and so you guys sort of came into being at the same time my interest my love of watches was gestating and and so it was just immediately like here's these guys that are talking about watches that i might think about right Mm -hmm. And, and certainly in the early days uh you guys were very much focused on affordable watches and not that you're you've you've changed from that right you're still the two broke watch snobs right but it just lined up i was like there's there's 900 watch articles or podcasts published every day and they're all about five thousand plus dollar watches or or 99 and that's the affordable watch yeah that's right the affordable this is this is an affordable value proposition that's my that's like six months of my fucking mortgage right like who are we kidding yeah (laughs) who are we kidding so uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect, and thank you for doing that. And you guys paved the way, really, to for our for our personal watch journeys into oh, this so cool. is a like this is an accessible, this is a reachable, attainable world that we can be a part of, and then later paved the way for us as a show to enter as a affordable watch focused podcast. That's so cool. You, you know, it's really fun to hear. And and I don't know, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but we have learned everything. You know, or I would say ninety eight percent of what I know about watches, I've learned by way of doing the show. Right. So mm-hmm. it more than anything, making this show was about wanting to learn more and uh, wanting to engage in a productive way. Right. I think anybody who who's a creator, right, is mm. I want to engage in this thing that I love, and and have a product that as a result of my of my engagement so nice force the issue of learning (laughs) that's right yeah forced learning so with that let's dive into it let's dive into our allenda so we've like soft g's today allenda oh yeah allenda yeah yeah you you guys had a a soft g last week ria ria what we did yeah i think so uh uh was it riga but you, you, Rija, I can't remember. That sounds made up. <laughs> so we've got six points. I think that we're going to talk about them in a roundabout way. So it's not going to be specific. Okay. You know that that's my guess. I, I don't have I don't have any uh, specific plans for that. My guess is we're going to get to like one, two, three, and five together, and we'll we'll double back. But I think a good cool. place to start. Point one. Some content just does better without any regard to the quality of that content. And I think that touches really well on the point that you made uh, when when you guys are talking about the show, you were talking about, well, we got to buy my way into doing better. I got to I got to do this. I got to be a Rolex person, a mm-hmm. Panerai person. 
And I think that that kind of hits this that on this wall that we as content creators in the affordable watch space hit. And I and I or wall ceiling, call it what you will. There's a there's a limit. And in our pre-show, and I, I like this, so I'm going to re-bring it up. I think I think Rolex is an example of that in the way of content creation. I think a hundred people view a Rolex advertisement, an advert. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> one of those people will buy it, perhaps. Right. If yeah. even one, and we we could probably even go lower than one, but one of those people will will buy that Rolex, and and I think we can extrapolate that into any Rolex marketing uh, articles, listicles, call it what you will. Five people view a say uh, pick your small brand of choice. Uh, EMG, we'll go EMG. Yeah. Five people are going to view an EMG advertisement and probably all fee, all five people are gonna buy that watch yeah or they're or they're actually seriously contending for it yeah, yeah. And, and i think that's what it comes down to in, in our space some things just inherently do better because they appeal yeah. to a larger audience of people who aren't actually consuming the content they're just clicking on the content because they like it they like the idea Oh, of yeah. the Rolex. They like the idea of the Panerai. They like the idea of the AP. They they like they they want to feel a part of it, but they have no part. They have, they have no intention of engaging with it. Well, it's a pretty complicated issue. And so, just to give folks reference, I work in like digital marketing for my day job, and so my perspective with this is always going to come from that. But in terms of just <coughs> like user psychology, most of the time, someone's looking at that Rolex article not because it's really even about the watch. It's about reinforcing. Something either maybe they want to be the watch to be a Rolex collector, or maybe they see it as something that's reinforcing something about a point of success they want to be at. Like, oh, as soon as I get to XYZ position, I'm going to get my first Rolex. It's the same folks who flip through Ferrari magazines and are never going to like drive a Ferrari or something like that. It's, it's, it's either making them feel like they're part of a lifestyle to your point that they're not a part of or it's something they feel like they have to know about to reinforce something you know gender is usually a big thing usually about gender or usually about you know just something in their life but the thing is rolex is it's always going to be that it's it's so very less of the times about the actual watch when someone's reading a piece about a rolex i mean with us it's different like we're we go and we're immediately going to be like, okay, what do they do with the sizing on these new blah, blah, blah. Okay. What are my dial options? Like most folk don't do that. They'll just see what cool new thing is Rolex doing. Cause I have to know what Rolex is doing. No one's doing that with EMG or Raven or mm-hmm. um, the micro brands. The only folks who are looking at those micro brands in terms of user psychology are folks who are probably pretty open to spending four or 500 bucks on something they want to support. That's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's super it's super complicated. Um, in terms of the content that like usually does well, I guess it also the big thing that I see is people love being told. This is, this is really fucked up me to say. People love being told <laughs> what to think or what's cool. So like, yeah, the best X Y Z blah 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 for seventy five dollars or some shit. That stuff does really well. Yeah. Um, 
again, because people don't necessarily want to be engaged to think critically. They just want to know what are the things I have to know to be a part of this community, mm-hmm. which is the wrong way. Of, not, I shouldn't say it's fucked up. It's not the wrong way, but it just doesn't feel like an appropriate way of thinking to me. You know, you know, I think that there is a I think that there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, time and time and seat. <clears throat> evolution that happens right i think someone Mm -hmm. that comes in and they see the community and they want to be engaging with the community at a level as it were um you you know they come in and what watches do i need to buy to be part of the community and and i don't that's a particularly cynical way to phrase that i think because oftentimes i think people understand that there's a community who knows what's good Mm. who knows what's good and so maybe what they're asking is how do I how do I jump the line? How do I jump the queue in terms of learning and and figure out and figure out what's good, you know? And I do that stuff too, right? When I want to buy, a, you know, I want to buy a lawnmower, right? What's what's a good lawnmower? What do I need to know about buying a I, fucking lawnmower? I'm going to the lawnmower subreddit right fucking now and he, I'm going to search best XYZ. Yeah, no. He I, did do I, that. I totally and he, hear it. And he bought a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, there's a certain there's a certain amount of value that can be ascertained by the way we we learn and engage in the internet era, right? So I think that, but but there's both things, right? And they compete with each other, and, and it's it's a frustration I have when I see a watch you seek post where people say, "Hey, I'm looking for a good mechanical chronograph under four hundred dollars or whatever," right? Godspeed well, to you. The answer might be there isn't one. Uh, you, you know, but, but the unhelpful answer is there's been a hundred posts about this Buy what you like, right? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So sure. There's been a hundred posts. Thanks for your help. Fuck off. (laughs) Uh, and B buy what I like. I, I I don't know what I like. I don't know what I like. Tell me what to like. Help me understand what, what's important here. You you know, so, but, but the person who says, there's been a hundred posts about this is the guy who's pissed off about the new, the get off the, my long guy. Mm-hmm. And that's me by the way. And the person who says buy what you like is the other end of that spectrum. The person who's realized, I think probably what you're saying, right. And, and what Andrew often mm-hmm. says, which is you make the value, you, you know, that's yep. Andrew's, that's Andrew's sort of go to the value comes from you, right? The value is not inherent to the thing that you strap to your wrist. You make that's it. such a that's such a hard cognitive connection for folks to make because they ask themselves literally what mm-hmm. you just said. What do I like? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I like about anything. I like what people like that I like, or Ooh, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean. So it's 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 almost beyond watches at that point. That's why the the, the stupid TBWS show always devolves into Michael and I talking about our feelings and maybe watches. You know what I right. mean? <laughs> um, it's 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 definitely it's definitely tough. But the thing is. Folks don't really get a sense of what it is to experience that journey until they do all the things of I'm going to buy this because it just it, it's Ellie and I know people are going to like it. And then that's why you get these watch collectors who've been collecting for a long time. And it's like, fuck, I have 20 watches and I'm kind of lukewarm about 18 of them. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. really love two. I don't know what to do with these 18. I'm looking know? for my exit watch. Exit watch, right? And I'm I'm curious how this idea of being, I want to be told what to think, 
has affected you in your day job, like in your real world, because it, it creates this in, this environment where people want to be told what to think, but they're but they're also cautious of people telling them what to think. Well, they don't want to be told what to think, but they want to be they want to get an inference of what to think from someone else, but have it be their own idea. I mean, mm. it's 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 a little oblique. So like. Everyone gets the sense that they want to be the head of their department and have two cars in the garage and all this stuff because there's the notion that that's the correct thing to do. Mm -hmm. I'm a watch collector. I need to get at least one Omega and to round it out with one Rolex because those are like the big ones and that's the right thing to do. But it's just it's too it's too ingrained. You're only going and I'm speaking incredibly like subjectively like everyone because every time I do this in the show, everyone's like, Kez, you should calm down. It's like, no, <laughs> light you it up, record, man. Your, record yeah. your own show and do whatever you want. But like you will not get a sense of what it means to understand what you like until you run the whole gamut of just buying shit. You really realize at one point you you don't want. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, I bought a G-Shock because I heard it was a great go-anywhere-do-anything watch. Now I'm stuck with this giant hunk of watch, and I don't really want to wear it. I can't wear it to work. I don't know what to do with it. No, it has that's no not resale value. <laughs> There's no – I paid $100 for it. Like, <laughs> what am I going to sell it for? You know what I mean? I can't throw it in the lake because that's illegal. Like, what am I <laughs> What am I going to do with this watch? You know? that yeah. Tons of people get stuck in that, and then it's – I'm talking as if there's a right answer. There's no right answer. There's just the journey of going through the process and then either hating watches and leaving it or finding happiness in watches in your in your own way. Um, but the majority of people are always going to be the ones who want to be told what to think or who are going to be clicking on clickbaity titles or who are just going to be looking up Seikos. That's always going to be the majority of people. That's why all of our traffic and viewership comes from those people because they're the majority you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah w when we when we started really kind of getting into the weeds on researching or not, uh, thinking about what we were going to talk about today we went and looked at watch clickers five most popular articles cool. of, of all time and four of the five historically best performing articles were about seiko i think that they weren't the newest seiko no it was like an snk <laughs> <laughs> you know uh the srpe which isn't which is a new seiko which is but cool yeah i mean you, you yeah. know a big release though in fairness it, it, the one i found interesting the fifth one was the casio the the you know the casio is what we've been calling it that g shot oh, yeah. yeah. octagonal and, and i wondered i i tried to elicit sort of search terms but we, we're not savvy enough to, to pull that stuff yeah, we're not smart. I, i'm wondering if the royal oak reference there uh perhaps increased search traffic seo traffic on that i think royal oak is kind of a i don't i don't know that that's an seo killer the way I wish we had watches to know about the Royal. I wish we had a digital marketing guy we could ask. Yeah, the way the search engine in this in this instance, the way Google would operate is basically based on trend topicality and what people are searching. So around that time, Hodinkee put out that thing, and then a whole bunch of other blogs put that thing out, and then essentially Google started to recognize, oh, okay, this is a Cassiope thing. It's this watch in particular. Google can see um, some instances, images, and okay, I know it looks like this. And so 
Um, I think we're on the board also for Casio and Google and things like that. But literally, Google will respond to how users are searching. And I'll tell you right now, people are probably seeing the stupid Casio hashtag on Instagram and then Googling it. Right. And that's just driving up all the topicality. It's aerobarous, right? Is that how you say that word? Aerobarous? I was, you lost me when you said topicality. (laughs) What's the (laughs) word? That was not English to me. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you know, and and I think on that note, right, we sometimes spend very little time preparing for episodes. You, you know, our one of our most popular r- repeating episode themes is, you know, three watches, usually for 500. Three for six cool. is our is our thing. And, and yeah, three for six. That's uh-huh. right. And, and so we always come back to this. And those episodes always just smash, right? They 130% of average listens, right? They're great. They're ri- but they're pithy, and they're you know we we always get into, into good stuff there. But it's like you said, people want to know like how can I start a collection or whatever, right? Meanwhile, we do an episode on quartz uh, on sapphire crystals. <laughs> you know, which per- uh, we will spend hours Weeks? researching these things. We yeah. will have you know hundreds lo- of text message long chains about the research right. we found, and you know, really sort of well thought out agendas. And those episodes get okay traffic, right? But those are our favorite. And, they're our favorite. And the reason why they're our favorite is because, and I think for the people who listen to this show, for the listeners of our show, they're, they are among the favorites. And the reason why is, is the reason we created this podcast. And it's because we wanted to make this accessible to people. We wanted to make the watch conversation where people are talking about movements and talking about the the type of crystal it's being used and talking about all these weird minutia of watches. We wanted to make that layman's terms. We wanted sure. to make that language that was accessible to people because watch like getting into the watch world to your first poach on, post on watch you seek is vulnerable right (laughs) the guy who says hey long time lurker i'm looking i've i've made exactly one post on watch you seek and it was to say i'm here (laughs) but but the guy who goes on to watch you seek and says hey i'm looking for a mechanical chronograph i think they're cool as shit i want to spend less than seven hundred dollars send send that guy has there put, have been a hundred posts but that, about this in the last but six that guy months. has put probably 30 hours of research yeah at the least into recognizing that he wants a mechanical chronograph to just to get there is a bucket yeah. load of research and then to get to watch you seek right that's an easy find we're probably looking at like 10 hours before you get to watch you seek and then and then you're at a point where you're saying okay I'm reading this. I'm looking for this. I recognize that I want a mechanical chronograph because they're cool as shit. Uh, this is how much I'm willing to pay because this is a first watch guy, right? To say I'm looking for a mechanical chronograph under $700, first post on watch you seek. That's his first watch. His first mm. his first deliberate purchase watch. This yeah, guy has probably. owned Invictas probably. He's probably owned a couple Seikos. He's owned some... some An eco drive. Yeah, he's owned some shit, but he's not... This is his first purchase, that he's really thinking about, yeah. And he posts that and then gets, there's been a hundred posts about that. 
Like, no, fuck that. We want him <laughs> to listen to people like yeah, us and say, these you are like, your bro. options. Like, this is this is how to understand. This is how this works. And whether that advice is, hey, you should you should really think about mecha quartz or or whatever. Yeah. Even if even if it they're giving them other ideas, you, you know, being able to engage with people at that level is a really tremendous thing. Uh, oh yeah. It, it, where do you guys? Where, where do you? I guess, Kaz, I'll just ask you to speak for yourself. When you create content, who are you creating content for in your mind? I. I guess it's interesting. I don't. I mean, like... you have said on the record numerous times. I don't want people to listen to the show, so we'll we'll just caveat. <laughs> we'll just caveat with that. So me and Everett, that's who you're creating it for. <laughs> so the follow, I, I I say that on air because it's just like I said. So the show is a bit different from the website in regards to what ends up going on there because it's just Michael and I on the show. It's literally just two friends catching up, and so just imagine if you had. 300 iTunes reviews about conversations you have with your friends. It's just like, dude, mind your fucking business, guys. I'm trying to hang out with my friend Michael. <laughs> All right. Um, but in terms of who we're creating content for, at the end of the day, and again, it's super cliche, I never want to do something on any of the TBWS properties that someone would see anywhere else. That's why we do our fucking best to not do Oris press releases because everyone does Oris press releases like at the same time. Like that's why we try – not to have like the best XYZ watches for blah, blah, blah. Or anytime we do those episodes, we are. Uh, so last week's episode or this, I'm, I sh- I'm shit at time. This week's episode, we did, um, I mean, quite timely based on the last point you were making, we did affordable, quote unquote, affordable mechanical chronographs. But we spent probably. It was this week's a, episode, just so you know. Was it this week's episode? Okay. Yeah. I'm really bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. I was there. I was in the room. I never I listen to ours, but I'm the same way. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we spent um, we spent like the first third or half of the show beginning the argument, uh, beginning the I guess the argument with saying if you want to spend under a thousand dollars for a chronograph, you have to understand what the supply chain and resource situation looks like for mechanical chronographs. You will get a chronograph that's probably one of four or five bottles, and we went yeah. through the models. We did the STP. STP, I wish. The ST19, um, the uh, the Edda's, the 775s, the Valgy 7750, the stupid 201.211, whatever it is. 2894, CO1. All the yeah. bullshit. And then the, we yeah. ended up with the Polyot 3133. But we spent so much time not even talking about watch models, but talking about the movements just to get people to know if you only want to spend 700 bucks, expect to find something with this xyz movement you know i don't think someone would do uh or respond to an affordable chronograph question in that way usually it would be like oh just save up and get an omega or i guess you can get a seagull 1963 you know what i mean like i wanted people to understand it's not about the watch that's informing the cost it's really the movement Mm -hmm. you know with the chronograph so i don't want to do stuff that people will see on other sites in relation to, I guess, more specifically, like, um, obviously, stuff that we find interesting, you know, you know you'll, a bunch of, I'm looking at our stupid episode list right now, so I apologize. You guys are seeing the side of my head because I'm looking at my second monitor, but. Uh, this is your good a bunch side. Of, you, okay. you gave us a good side, so it's yeah. okay. Okay, good. <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of our episodes are riddled with the stupid Soviet watch talk. My Soviet watch episodes perform the worst. Hands down, 
they get the least listens. <laughs> I'm I'm actually really surprised by that. I think I, w- I like in my thinking, looking through your episode list, I would have felt like those would have been your best because of the international, because uh, the international appeal. Interesting. I mean, the majority of our folks are in uh, U.S., U.K., Australia, and um, Southeast Asia. That's yeah. the majority that's, of the listenership. Exactly, that tracks. Yeah. That's exactly us too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I mean, I, I, I think it comes down to the fact that no one wants to listen to Kaz talking by himself for an hour and a half on <laughs> lip watches and Soviet watch history, but they would totally love to listen to an episode title. I'm looking at it right now called Watch Regrets. That's just the name of the title. That sounds way more badass. It does, and it was a good episode. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, right. And, and and meanwhile, meanwhile, these Soviet watch episodes are really filled with a lot of information, right? Encyclopedic. It's, 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 yeah. It's what encyclopedic knowledge, like like that is yeah. that is accessible in one in one area. Yeah, the Soviet watch thing was pretty for me for a long time when I was starting with watches it was i've always had slavophilic tendencies um i studied literature in grad school and undergrad and within that you know um like russian literature was always a thing and so when i started getting into watches i learned soviet watches were a thing obviously soviet and russian are different it was i'll tell you guys right now i would spend hours i would go to ebay i would type in vostok and I would just Bok-tok, go through actually Boktok, uh, yeah. Kaz, it's Boktok, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I would just go through page one, page two, page three, page 98, page 95. And I would just look, I would just look at watches. And then I would go and do research on Mark Gordon, may he rest in Reese's pieces, uh, website, USSR time used to be com, but, um, he unfortunately passed. And now there's a facsimile. Somebody's hosting that though, right? dot, I'm sorry. Somebody's hosting that though, right? Yeah, a uh, uh, community in the um, Russian Watch You Seek area. I'm not on Watch You Seek. I've, I've never posted on there. I hear it's awful, so I'm, I'm not going to go there. Avoid it. I've, <laughs> I have browsed eBay and other uh, similar sites while listening to your Big Zero commentary looking for oh God. <laughs> Big Zeros. And it, it, you've instilled such a fear of getting a fake that I've never bought one. I will there tell are you so at, many fakes. I will tell right. you at, if you get twenty emails about a big zero a week, you you talk about this often. Uh, at least seventeen of those are from Andrew under different emails. Yeah, no, I've never emailed you from the same uh, email address. I own thousands of gmail addresses yeah. hello kids is my big zero real andrew no 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 no, no. vlad yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you get a lot of them from vlad from androv uh it's oh, so good yeah no I've, I've listened to it there on are, repeat there, there are so one. many fake big zeros out there i don't know what the fuck happened i when i got it makes me feel like, like you are wearing the only real one no, they're out there. You Although got the I, one. I, I, <laughs> but that's you. You created such a fear that I haven't bought one. And, and it looks to me uh, like it's not. Yeah. It's not cracked, or is there a crack there at six o'clock? I, got, I still have this crack in the crystal. My wife uh, dropped it a couple years ago, and I just haven't had the heart to replace it. So I mean, dropped it or threw it at? Uh, she, it was on a book, and she went to pick up the book, and the watch it just blended into like the cover of the book, it, and it just it just landed on the ground. She was mm-hmm. like, "I broke your watch." I'm like, "Eh, I." It's fine. It's, it's Russian. Fine. It's better this way. It's yeah. better this way. It's fine now. But um, I've probably seen 
three real big zeros. Three real big zeros have been presented to me where someone's like, hey, I found this. I looked at your article because we're number one on fucking Google, whatever, for Riketa Big Zero. Um, and the, all this looks right. And I've had the pleasure three times of saying, yeah, you do you it. got it, dude. This is right. Do it. Uh, otherwise, I'm just breaking hearts. And That's I'm why I haven't bought one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we're both in a position where we are audience driven. I think that oh, yeah. notwithstanding uh whatever sort of personal motivations i have there's this implicit desire to expand and increase and um communicate with more people H- how do you guys find yourselves or or even just you Kaz? i'm sorry i did did that again uh how, how do you guys find yourself sort of communicating to a broader audience while still making material that that you appreciate and, and context for this question right you brought up or Oris press releases. Well, we don't want to do Oris press releases because the the day Oris releases a watch, there's seven publications who've Everyone got Oris releases. Everyone has the same stupid green dial Oris. Oris breaks new ground with the blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I really don't feel that. But I, yeah. I wake up to 12 to 30 <laughs> DMs of folks just sending me no words, just a post by worn and wound of some, you know, of the latest Zodiac or, or whatever, right? And, right? and so in that context, right, it, I think we probably have a similar, uh, we probably have similar philosophies about this, but how do you, you know, drive sort of, I want to reach more people because more people, our currency is, is for better or worse, listens and followers and likes and, and whatnot. How do you drive content while still doing a thing that you guys like and are proud of and don't feel is compromised? Oh, yeah. Um, simple answer. More content. Uh, I mean, the, the reality is I trying to grow an Instagram is very difficult these days in relation to how the Instagram algorithm has changed and... Um, you know, different behaviors you can do can impact your posts. So if you have 20,000 followers on Instagram, only 2,000 are going to see. So growing on Instagram isn't like a thing anymore. I know people will say it is, but they're either lying or they're trying to sell you something or they're trying to sell you their digital marketing services. Um, (laughs) What we do is, it's an order of operations of, okay, what don't we have on the site? Is there a watch review or maybe like a head-to-head piece or something we could write about that's not on the site? Um, if there if there is, awesome. The next order of operations is, are people searching for it? Because for me, the gold, the, my cat's here, the, 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 <laughs> the, the optimal thing is not people who already know about two-book watch knobs and they look for us. I don't, I love those people, but in regards to growing what we're doing, I'm not worried about those people. I'm worried about what I call non-branded traffic. Folks who are curious about a watch or maybe the history about a watch or what kind of movement uh, this Invicta the Pro Diver has. Those people are the people I want to get in front of because if I can get them a piece of information in relation to their watch, they then begin to start exploring the site and they hear about the podcast and they see the – the, the stupid balance cock bugle posts that we do on there and then they start to really enjoy the brand and then they become branded traffic so the mm-hmm. way to grow and the way we've always been trying to grow is just creating content 
um, for people who've never heard of us but are searching for a particular thing that we know we can create content around, whether it's a listicle or a review or something like that. They're That's looking for you but don't particular. know. I'm sorry? They're looking for you but don't know. Exactly. Yeah. They they want something that we can share with them, but they have literally no idea what Two Buck Watch Stops is. A ton of the folks that get on the show are folks who are just getting into watches, which I love because the first thing I say to them is, ignore everything on Instagram. You don't have to fall into any of the stupid like Instagram trends or any of that stuff. Like, You do not you, need a Speedmaster. Probably you do not, not need a Speedmaster. <laughs> I don't have one. Michael's has got one. one, but it broke. I don't know if you guys heard. <laughs> yeah, he was talking yeah. about that on air. I yeah. think. Everett has one because he got hit by a car. That's true. That's a true story. So if I get hit by a car, do I get a watch? You or should buy the... one. You get you, it's a settlement money. It, it's about uh, it's about uh, eighteen months after you get hit by the car. In my experience, oh my god! <laughs> so heavy. About eighteen months later, you get a you get a Speedmaster. That's the, that's, that's the so deal. Funny. Which is fitting, <laughs> and like in fairness, if, if you're gonna buy a watch from getting hit by a car, it should be a Speedmaster. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I see. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, I maybe a Monaco, but probably a Speedmaster. Monaco. I still, Actually, I'll give you guys a real world example of that uh, process that I just described. And in case it's helpful for anyone out there who's trying to do this, or helpful for you guys as you ID it and think of stuff for the site. Tiger Concept. You guys are aware of Tiger Concept? Very. Like Tiger Woods. Tiger concept, like the watch, like do I think his name is William out in Hong Kong? Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, uh, he does these Rolex homages. And, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So Milsa homages. A, a ton of people are aware of Tiger Concept. He's all over Watch You Seek. A ton of people will post photos of their watch and be like, "For two hundred bucks, I'm super happy." And then, but there are no watch reviews about Tiger Concept. Right. But a ton of people are searching for it. So we did a review. I bought a Tiger Concept and I fucking hated it, but I did a review and we're ranking right underneath Tiger Concept for Tiger Concept. And the title is literally Tiger Concept Watch Review. Here's what you're really buying. And that piece does really, really well. Hmm. Um, People found that piece just from doing a Tiger Concept research and they learned about the site. So that's an example of saying what's not on the site um, what can we write about? What are people searching? Let's get it on the site. You know, sure, sure. So, so, so expanding your expanding your content into the things that that perhaps a a non branded listener or link click uh, might be searching for. If someone types an Orient Bambino review, that's someone that can turn into a two broke watch snobs listener. Not someone typing in two broke watch snobs, which people do. I don't know why people Google two broke watch snobs. Like a, like a lot. I don't know why. So just go to the URL, man. It's just, it's literally it's, what you Googled it's, it's with .com. On your phone, there's a button for .com. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Um, so I hope that's a helpful answer in regards to just like our approach. It tends to be varied. We're hitting the issue right now of there's so much cool shit we want to write about, but we're like, how do we connect the dots with doing a really thoughtful piece on industrial design and watches but also making it not necessarily interesting because it's obviously interesting, but making people give a shit about it if people are only doing Timex Expedition review searches and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that's like the interesting thing. And I'm sure you guys you guys get that all the time. You guys are kind of always – I mean we talk about that a little bit. You're always butting up against that, what you want to write about versus what people probably 
are looking for. Yeah, well, you know? and I guess that's kind of my point, right? It's it's you know, what do we want to what do we want to talk about? Well, we want mm-hmm. to learn about the Valju 7750 and the Lamagna 5100 and we want to talk about those things. And and, and we do. In fact, we just do. That's, yeah, so that's what's super mm-hmm. cool. Uh but but with that in mind, there there's got to be a balance there if if there's any interest at all in in reach, right? I, I guess sure. that's that's an appropriate term for that. Yeah. Uh, you you've got to balance, and so so how do you do that? And maintain your integrity. You know, we talked a little bit pre-show about uh, SEO and affiliate marketing and the kind of thing Ooh. that you do professionally, right? And, and I think for there, there's an a really obvious and easily presented avenue to of approach for websites like two broke watch knobs or or perhaps watch clicker where you can instantly monetize your content but the reality of that is you've got to find you know if you call eric from emg and say eric i'd like to do an affiliate deal i'm going to put you on my top 10 list and you're going to give me 10 percent of your of your sales based on my clicks he's going to laugh you off the phone eric's going to be like <laughs> hey why don't you go eat a dick yeah uh, <laughs> and we like eric eric <laughs> likes us and he's still gonna tell us to eat a bag of dicks <laughs> and, and so you, you know all of a sudden we're writing about we're making a list of the best 10 watches and you know maybe we put eric on there anyway because we've got credibility but also we're putting the the best-selling Eco drive. Well, we've got the pro diver on there. Zilla, you know, yeah. or and we've got a pro diver on there because I know I can get a affiliate. And so, even if it's ethical, quote unquote ethical ish, you're compromising the content just by way of understanding that there's reality to what you can and can't make money on. And, oh, yeah. and so, I think that there's this constant sort of pressure regarding, you, you know, it. Is is our listeners a commodity enough to advance in that direction, or 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 whatever? And and there's some pressure there, but I think we have, and I and I suspect you guys are in the same boat. Just made the decision, yeah. Let's let's push forward and just make good content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the because the, the thing is also it's it goes back to that formula I talked about. If I can do all those things, if I can figure out what's not on the site and also figure out if users are searching for it and if people want to read it. And if I can also then, um, you know, get like an Amazon affiliate link on there, that's perfect. But that's also why I've never done like a top five Seiko post because those posts are always whatever the top five Seikos on Amazon are. That's right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's, that's exactly the impetus right. for what people do. So if you're searching online for top blah, 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 Seikos, chances are fairly high. You're probably not getting an authentic assessment you're probably just getting whatever the best sellers on on amazon are so i mean that we don't do that but within our formula if we can find the opportunity to put an affiliate link and we tell people on the show all the time like hey if you know the this thing we just published it has an affiliate link in there if you want to support us use it if you don't don't you know what i mean you know we'll just try and tell folk but yeah i mean it's but the other reality is Affiliate links will only make this a viable ideas for a living thing if you bring in boatloads of traffic. Yeah, that's right. 
it's just it's just otherwise the number like people will be surprised how much traffic you'd have to get to even sort of eke out anything remotely respectable for the time you put into um, the site. That's why all all these content uh, uh, publishers and a lot of the other watch podcasts. That's why I'm super happy doing this doing the show with you, and that's why I'm very selective with who I talk about. But a lot of the other watch podcasts they create the show with the idea of eventually doing like uh, like a brand ad or like a brand sponsored deal or or something like that. You know what I mean? That's why. And brands love to would love to leverage that. Like, like, oh yeah, I'll pay a podcast twelve hundred bucks, and they'll say sponsored by blah blah blah. Go for it. You know, that's why it's just it's just so easy. So it's just, I get it though, because we were also talking about this in the pre-talk. Your time is valuable. It's not fair for you to put in a full day's job worth of time into a website, and basically not get compensated from it that's your time well especially in an industry where there's so much money floating around there's you know it it it, you almost have to make the decision to do what you like or to do what's profitable and there's probably not a lot of in between michael and i tried to tow the lyle i'll be super candid because i love i love being open as hell with people we tried to do that we tried to we used to have it advertised with this page and we used to like do stuff like that. And we tried it a couple of times and it was always just really, it hindered us too much. The trade-off wasn't worth it. I did a sponsored spot for this person on this show and now they feel like we're almost a leg of their marketing team where it's just like, Hey guys, we're also, you know, doing this, cut us a deal or something like that. And so really early on when Michael and I were just trying to figure out because, you know, we've been doing this for three or four years um, of just trial and error, we gave it a shot and we're just like, you know what? We just have to stop. We just have to stop trying to do the sponsored thing. So we took down the stupid fucking advertise with this page. It's just so cringy that I, I, I took the time to write that. And I'm just like, yeah, this is going to work. And it's just like, and it was working, but it no longer became a show where I got to hang out with my friend and talk with my friend, you know? Mm -hmm. And and it becomes less fun, right? It it becomes, uh, it becomes a a chase for something other than what you got into it. And and an obligation to someone else. You're no longer, you, you compromise that, that integrity that you have of doing the thing that you want because you believe in it to... I'm doing a thing that somebody else wants me to do because they've asked me to. Yeah. And I'll tell you guys the truth. I don't know if I I don't know if I've said this on on air on my show, but the what I look forward to most with doing the show, um, I love entertaining people. I've always had that part of me where I've always loved to just entertain people, either with something that's gone wrong in my life or like my week or something like that. Um and Whenever we like miss a week or if we take a break, like I get flooded with emails like, hey, is everything cool? Really miss you guys this week. You're the best part of my Monday, blah, 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 blah. So how can I feel like entertaining people is my driving factor on the podcast when I also have to do this Aura sponsorship? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or this Topper Jewelers bullshit. Like I think I literally – oh my god. I totally made the I, – uh, I did a joke on air. You know, We're the only watch podcast like not sponsored by Topper Jewelers. I think me and you both 
right? Because you guys don't do sponsorships. So. Well, yeah. well we're we're not sponsored, but if somebody wants to sponsor us, <laughs> just you know the email. We're yeah, we're really happy with like in the neighborhood of two to nine thousand yeah, dollars yeah, a week. Be, that would be that's entry fun. entry level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our yeah. entry level. That's our, that's our bronze <laughs> tier. Uh, we can discuss silver and gold tiers later. Um, you know, DM you gotta, us. You got to do three bronze tier sponsorships before we can talk about silver. So Obviously, it's just, and, yeah. and you know, I, I don't take anything. Standard. I don't take anything away from these folks that do this. And I think that there's, I think that there's a motivation to make this thing profitable. And I think it's really reasonable because it is so much work. Um, it, it is so much work, right? It, you, you know, and, it and it's, it, it's it's not. A lot of- it's a labor of love. It's not painful, but it is a lot of work. And, and, it's and mowing your lawn. Yeah, that's right. It, it's it's mowing your lawn. You're satisfied that the lawn looks great, um, but sometimes it's actually just getting blisters and getting oil on your shoes. So step in a dog poop. I'll share. I'll share this with you guys also, and this is probably something folks aren't entirely aware of: the idea of building your site and leveraging brand sponsorships. That whole model is basically not dying. But it's really fucking hard because a lot of these brands are getting pretty savvy. They know I can probably just do my own marketing or, oh, I pay this firm 10000 bucks in New York. They can just do my marketing. I don't have to do sponsorships. So a lot of the larger websites, which really relied on like a banner ad and they would charge 20000 bucks for that, that is becoming super hard. That's yeah. why you're seeing lots more overt sponsored posts for just like garbage Garbage watches. That's mm-hmm. why you're seeing a lot of Vincero. <laughs> we, we, we won't say names. Um, that's why you're seeing a lot of. <laughs> we'll uh, say names. Formerly... Just so you know. What'd you say? We'll say names. Oh, very good. Excellent. <laughs> no shame in that game. <laughs> that's why you'll see a lot of like previously journalistic outlets getting into e-commerce because the idea, or getting into more and more brand collab i don't know why i'm holding the fucking watch this or more and more brand collaborations because the idea of oh my website's got you know a hundred thousand clicks um it costs you know this put uh you know my, my 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 cost per view or cost per click on the ads is this much here's my media kit and then they just give you a bag of money and you put their stupid little image on your site and that's it those days are not entirely gone but that's not sustainable anymore and michael and i had a very proper discussion where we didn't want to be reliant on something like that and then totally get fucked when it totally phased out yeah. what do we do when our main source of revenue is no longer normal yeah yeah well you know? and 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 i think i think it, it gets back to you gotta love it right you gotta love yeah. it to be here doing what what you guys do and what we do week in week out you gotta love it so kaz i think we're gonna wrap Anything else you want to say about that specifically right now? No, this is cool. Appreciate you guys letting me come on here and ramble. I'm sorry if it's been boring or weird or anything like that, but it's been a lot of fun for me. You've not been weird. You've been awesome. You've <laughs> cool. been awesome. Andrew, other things, what do you got? I'm kind of a different... I believe, I 100% believe that based other on thing. our earlier conversation about your other thing. Um, it's an online <laughs> game... Oh my gosh. With is your, this a sponsored post? With your friends. <laughs> it's, but it's League real. of Legends. How did you know? <laughs> it is called, it, it's a website. It's called wealthbase.com. 
Okay, tell me more. So the the whole premise of it is you and it, you need eight people. I don't know why I used a three. <laughs> um, my assumption was that there was just a five preceding it. Uh, you need eight people, and it's you and seven friends, and you all get a imaginary hundred thousand that hundred thousand money to invest. So this this website tracks. It's not it's not it's not uh, very well set up for day trading success. It's kind of it's 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 kind of day over day, not through the day success. It's a th- it's a thirty day period where you and your seven friends all invest in the market and see who comes out on top. So I started this with some friends a month ago. I didn't get an invite. Well, no, because I was invited. I didn't invite anyone. Whatever, fucker. Somebody invited me. And I participated. Now, here's the problem. Within the last month, the GameStop thing happened. So I was not a top-tier player (laughs) amongst my friends. Because I got in late to the GameStop thing in WealthBase. And I ended up losing a significant amount of money. Imaginary money. I didn't lose okay. any real money. Monopoly I, money. Yeah, monopoly money in my in our wealth based game. Barring my GameStop losses, I actually did pretty well. But the whole the, the fun of this is it's you and seven friends who get to all invest in the stock market and play games with imaginary money and see who makes the smartest investments. Uh, as it turns out, the guy who invested all of his money in Bitcoin won. Um, you know. That's that's how it goes. Like, but like you do. Yeah, but that that you get to pretend to be rich for a month and invest all kinds of money in all these different stocks and it's totally risk-free. And it was fun to like check daily on how you were doing because it's got the leaderboard on how you're doing overall, how you're doing in the last 24-hour period and it tracks pretty close, not exactly mm-hmm. to the stock market. Like end open market, closed market, it's accurate. Throughout the day, it's hit or miss, which is why I say day trading is not really it. But if you got seven friends, you know you're luckier than me. I just I was the extra guy yeah. who got invited. They were like, oh, they're like, oh, hi, out. I'm Andrew. Yeah, I don't know any of them. <laughs> they just they had my email. Um, but it, it was it was a fun exercise in you know in paying attention to the stock market and grown upping and grown upping. Yeah, and investing in things and like. GameStop isn't the answer if you want to make money over the course of a month. If you want to make money this week, GameStop was no longer <laughs> For the answer. About 17 hours, GameStop was the answer. And as an aside, I uh, I was I'm among the people involved in the Robin Hood class action lawsuit whose Have you have you signed on officially? Mm-hmm. You're part of the class? Whose orders were canceled in the day preceding the Robin Hood lockdown? of GameStop sales. I predict I predict $13. If, yeah, I get like I 64 cents. Some I, lawyer is going to make 3 years worth of income and you're going to get $13. <laughs> and justice will be served. I've got another thing. Do me. Want to talk about grown-uping? No. I bought my first lawnmower this. Did week. you get a real <laughs> I'm th- real mower? 39 years old. R E E L, not R E A L. I bought a four-stroke lawnmower and four strokes that's all it takes that's all it takes that's all it takes (laughs) (laughs) so So, uh, you know 
I did what you do. I went to the lawnmower subreddit. R slash lawnmower. lawnmower. That's uh, a real thing. Is it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I was, I was There's a subreddit for everything. It's got to be. So I'm, I'm going to give you guys I'm going to give you guys some inside <laughs> scoop. I'm going to give you the best mechanical chronograph under a thousand bucks here. So I bought, so there's a company called Troy Built. Troy Built is known for making affordable lawn care stuff. I have a Troy Built. I bought a Troy Built lawnmower. It's a $279 lawnmower. We have the same lawnmower. This is a lawnmower for a small yard, which I have. I don't have a lot of yard. <laughs> no. I've got maybe a thousand square feet of yard. If. So I didn't I didn't need something crazy. What I wanted was a reliable lawnmower. And so it it was suggested to me by a person named Will, who's the editor in chief of Watch Clicker. Daddy. That stop fucking looking at lawnmowers by a Honda. Just stop doing what you're doing and buy a Honda because Hondas make the best lawnmowers. Period. Stop. Just stop. I find a Troy built with a 160cc Honda engine. Now, this is like between a $400 and $500 engine in a Honda branded lawnmower. But Troy built has packed this into one of their entry level models. It's got mulching blades, it's got a fantastic bag. It took me all of about 11 minutes to set up. Yep. It came in a box. I took the put the box in my minivan. I put the box out of my minivan. I didn't need any tools. I just it's got a little squeeze bag of 10W30. Mhm. I squeezed the 10W30 in. I set it up. It ran perfectly. I think what happened here is I got maybe a really good deal on something because I just spent a little bit of extra time. Now, most of these cheaper lawnmowers comes with Briggs and Stratton engines. If your dad fought in Vietnam, he's probably going to tell you buy a Briggs and Stratton. Briggs and Stratton is not today what Briggs and Stratton in the 60s was. Um, they don't make very good engines anymore. No, you have to rebuild the carburetor annually. So get a Honda. I found a $279 Honda. I'm going to give you, a, you can buy these at Home Depot. It is a mulching 21 inch, 160 cc lawnmower. If you want, if you've got a small yard, if you live on acreage, don't buy this thing. No. I had a serial number just a second ago. Reference. You shouldn't have your serial number here. <laughs> whatever. Yes, a reference number. Okay, well, whatever. 160cc Honda Troy built at Home Depot. Link will be in the show notes. Probably, if I do them. If you want to take advantage of my approximately 23 minutes of research into the topic, I think it's a great way to go. Yeah. Kaz, other nice. things... Which other 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 non-watch things, I guess, right? You said, you know, there's no rules. No, there's no rules. this is this is, um, this is the wild west. Oh, you know what's fun? Actually, I'm in the process. So I think I was talking to them in pre-talk. I did my undergrad and graduate work in, in in literature. I wanted to be an English teacher, but then when I was in grad school, I started writing copy um, digitally to pay the bills. And then after grad school, I just kept doing that and stayed in marketing. But I always had this love of reading that um, eventually kind of just withered and died inside me. Like most things I loved in my life, you know, that have accumulated. <laughs> they'll now do that, that yeah. Yeah, they'll do that. I've heard uh, reading is cool. I've never tried it. To do, oh, sorry? I've heard reading's cool. I've never tried it. 
I've never, I've heard of it. I'm yeah. aware of it. <laughs> it's one of those things but, that people do. I just never got into it. Five letters or less. <laughs> five letters or less. The problem is after undergrad and grad school and all that crap like that, I just accumulated a fuck ton of books that I hated. It's just books that I hated. Um, and so like lab a year or so ago, I got rid of all of them. And then you I just decided behind you me, were never going to read. I, you know, I was going to comment on your <laughs> on your bookshelves that uh, consisted of like twelve books and My room, room is, for a hundred. Uh, you can't you can't see half of it, but the room is just empty. Here, I'll try to turn the camera without making too much of a ruckus. It's just empty shelves now. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a Pikachu though. Oh yeah, that's Pikachu. He's my standing desk buddy because I have a. I've turned one of my empty shelves into a standing desk. What I'm in the process of doing now is rereading books that I loved, but I really want to find nice, very very nice, expensive versions or printings of them. Not like yes. paper. I mean, there's nothing wrong with paperbacks. Oh. Like I, I, like a reader copy is fine, but like a nice. Uh, edition and so I've been getting super into. Um, there's a publisher I think they're in Norwalk, Connecticut. It's called Easton Press, and they do really really nice versions of mainly classics. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. that's just kind of um, free domain at this point. So what I'm doing is I'm reading something digitally, and if I like it, I'll spend the money and get the Easton Press version. And so that's just what I've been doing. I've been trying to do a book a week. And then I do it in burst of four. I purchase the books in burst of four. But the tip is don't buy them directly from Easton Press because they're fucking expensive. It's like three or four hundred dollars a book if you Ooh, buy it directly whoa. from. Yeah, dude. And they're not full of gold bars. It's just wood or not wood paper. It's just paper and ink and shit. That's like what um, the encyclopedia salesman would sell you for like volume one. <laughs> some cut coat knife shit. But uh, what I will say is you can. They print more than they sell. And sealed editions always just end up going to third-party sellers, and you can find them on eBay for like a quarter of the price. So if there's a book that's a classic that you like, go to eBay, type in Easton Press, fucking White Fang, Jack London, I have no idea, um, and you will find a very nice, most likely sealed copy for, I don't know, like 80 or 100 bucks. And it's a really, really, really cool thing. And eventually, this shelf behind me is going to get filled so that's other things that's my tip in case folks you're going to have of- the best the best looking library <laughs> like you are going to be excited to be on video chats be like Get all my leather-bound books, motherfucker. fucking library you, <laughs> I have two shelves right now that have stuff in them the one the with the colors those are my JD Salingers and my copy of the Bell Jar and then uh, my Riverside Shakespeare and Riverside Chaucer the one beneath it those are Easton Press books and they look fucking awesome they do awesome. they yeah. look killer above it I thought it was gonna it looked to me to be like a, a dictionary a thesaurus and then some like um, self help yeah <laughs> that's what they look like order. but below it's it for- i was like that's this is a this is a disjointed library <laughs> <laughs> watch blog writing for dummies yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, it's riverside chaucer riverside shakespeare uh brothers karamazov bell jar and then the four salinger works raise how the roof beams fanny and zoe nine stories and catcher on the ride those are those are my bell jar is a personal favorite but yeah that's these are the books i like and then i have some random 
random books that I ended up keeping and just kind of putting putting over there. But Brothers that's, Karamazov. That's other things. Brothers other Karamazov things. is the most so, appropriate cast so we book just, I could possibly think of. We just we just sold our house, obviously, and I have some bookshelves, some some hanging uh, bookshelves in my living room that are mostly cookbooks, right? Because it's adjacent nice, yeah. to my kitchen. So I have all these cookbooks up there, but I have one shelf that was empty. And I spent two hours that could have been used on packing or any other number of things, <laughs> painting, you know, take your pick, uh, on curating <laughs> that one shelf of books of what would be on there. You're the worst. And, and I mean, I was sold for well over asking, so I'm attributing <laughs> it entirely books, the to the <laughs> amount of time I spent curating the 12 books that are on that shelf. <laughs> Wonderful. They're all, they're, they're, they're all perfectly tapering in size. It was a thing. So good. At at the risk of being a bit obtuse, Kaz, tell these people where to find you. Uh, oh, you can get into the show, twobrokewashknobs.com. Um, you know, we're in the process. We revamped our editorial team and editorial process, so content's going out there more often. Uh, we're also... Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on all the stupid, sh- all the stupid shits. Uh, if you just type in two book wash knobs uh, for the show, you'll find us. But then also the website twobookwashknobs.com. It's it's all there, and you can find us on Instagram if you if you want to, but don't. It's at twobookwashknobs. Kaz, this has been so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Cool. Thanks sort for having of, me. Uh, something we've been talking about for a long time, but something I probably wanted to happen even longer than that. Andrew, anything you want to add before we go? Nope. Hey, thanks, guys, for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. You can check us out at watchclicker.com. That's where we put all the episodes of the podcast, articles, reviews, etc., etc. If you want to check us out on Instagram, it's at watchclicker at 40 and 20. If you want to support the show, you can do so on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.